Welcome to the Gary Gallagher Law Hour. Attorney Gary Gallagher and his firm have represented thousands of Hawaii workers and families during more than 35 years practice throughout the islands. Whether helping countless workers exposed to asbestos unknowingly in their jobs, filing suit against gas companies for unfair local pricing, or representing the state of Hawaii and winning a settlement against big tobacco, the Gallagher Law Firm helps fight for consumer advocacy and fair play for the people of Hawaii. No kopono on your behalf. Now, Gary and his team are here to take the mystery out of what they do and answer your legal questions. So here's the host of our show, Mike Buck and Hawaii attorney, Gary Gallagher. Well, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us this day. And first of all, we want to welcome Gary back because he's been traveling quite a bit, as we've told you in in the last couple of shows. And one of the really neat things that I learned uh, about what Gary was doing uh, was something that his foundation was putting together in order to get a bunch of stakeholders uh, to meet and to compare notes and to set out a plan uh, for attacking um, you know, the results of concussions and other injuries uh, early. And so uh, we got, we've done a little bit in the last couple of weeks of uh, forwarding on the information of the takeaway from this wonderful conference that happened. But first of all, Gary, you know, you, um, you were, you know, paying part of the load for this. So the first question was, were you satisfied? Did you get bang for your buck, so to speak, in, in, in gathering all these people together? Uh, Mike, it was, Absolutely fabulous. We didn't have time enough to pull together this caliber and quality of expert for our first conference, but this is what I had in mind a year ago, and it finally came to fruition. And working with HCAMP, they secured the uh, Queens Convention Center for us, and it was an absolute home run. You know, the thing that I was really amazed about, because I talked to some of your staff when you were away, is that you, you, you were, I don't want to say shocked, but gratified to find out how many people were willing to throw into this thing. In other words, yeah, I'll come, I'll be there, you can count on me, and I'm going to bring another so-and-so. So we're going to actually be able to pebble in the pond and do a little bit, maybe even more than you anticipated? No doubt. Uh, Dr. David Shimizu employed his resources in the Department of Pathology uh, at uh, the University of Hawaii, uh, John Burns School of Medicine, and their resources to where we could get medical credit for the doctors who mm-hmm. attended, as well as the trainers, and it worked out to be just a wonderful, wonderful uh, event. Yeah, and we uh, and we we did hear that from others, and and I guess maybe it was it would be important to make sure that everybody understands what was the reason when you first concocted this like a year or so ago. What what was your the end game? What what were you trying to accomplish by getting all these folks together? Well, when we first started representing the John Wilbur family, I had to educate myself and my staff about chronic traumatic encephalopathy, what it really was. And we went to the mainland and sought out the best research and medical conference we could. Uh, And the work of Dr. Havda out of UCLA and others drove home uh, the fact of how much I did not know about traumatic brain injury. And it's just not concussions. Concussions are just the tip of the iceberg what's really happening to the brain, especially in children, young children, uh, when there's sub-concussive injury. It's the same uh, cascade of chemicals, uh, same repair mechanisms that happen during concussion 
but it's happening just a lot more frequently. You, you know, that's the thing that I learned when I first talked to you and then I talked to some of the other folks, and that was, look, we all know what can happen from one huge traumatic event, whether it's a car crash or falling off a cliff or getting hit, getting your bell rung playing a football game where you get a, you know, a real life-threatening injury from it. But what's interesting is the stuff that goes on mm-hmm. throughout a multi-year you know, a span of, of activities by some kid. They collect all of these things up, and there's it's more than evidence, you say, that they, they have a cumulative effect. In other words, a whole bunch of little ones are, just, are, are probably worse than a big one. That's what we're finding out. That's mm-hmm. what the science is showing, and that's what the scientists who came to share with us the cutting-edge research going on nationally is showing. And it was uh, dramatic. And, uh, you know, we had not only the doctors and the physicians, but we had the athletic trainers there. And they take their job very, very seriously. And they're the, on the front lines that are really helping us out as we go forward. And so I wanted to share this information, not, just not with an expert myself and my staff on proving causation in an individual case like John Wilbur's case. But wait a second, let's help these people understand that are in position to prevent these injuries going forward and that's where we're focused yeah and you know the thing the thing that i was most impressed about in some of the interviews that i've already done on this was that the takeaway is all right now that we've identified maybe not most of but certainly a a, a good deal of the problem what do we do to, to work on it at what level and you know i know that right now that you're involved in some big stuff at the at the at the professional end of things, way down the road when somebody's had really a really big problem, like, you know, a football player that's just hurt himself so bad for money or for whatever. But what we're talking about is being able to go back into schools and, and even to, to little kids and maybe start changing the way sports are played or, or changing the way we, uh, we protect our kids. Exactly. I know we're pro sports. We're pro-football, we're pro-all these things where concussions and head injuries can happen. We just want to dramatically change things to where they don't happen as often and we move in the direction towards eliminating them. Because for every football player that's a professional, there's thousands of kids that dream of that and the exciting nature of it all. But when you have a bleeding brain in a seven, eight-year-old kid because he hit with a helmet, it's not funny. Yeah, and you know, the, the interesting thing to me is that this is actually encouraged. When the littler they are and they get that big helmet on, they say, this is, this is going to protect you. Now go out there and use it. Yeah, but you know, that's how we were raised and that's the culture. And we're, that's, it's understandable. It's exciting. We want to pull for our kids and hope for the best. But once I saw this information, I couldn't turn my back on it. I just sure. needed to share it's complicated, it's complex at every level, from the coaches who love the game to the parents who want to see their kids play. We can do it, but we need to do it intelligently with the benefit of all the information, not what the NFL wants us to know. Yeah, and, and that being said, now let's back up a little bit and go back to the conference uh, and, and then start talking about some of the individual sections. Today, uh, we're fortunate to have with us a, a, a full-on athletic trainer who actually got a degree from the University of Massachusetts Amherst uh, in sports management. Uh, there's a whole category of, of things that I guess are enhancing to careers in that area, and, and, I, and I suppose some of that and originally, when our guests got to, into this, that the, today's emphasis may not have even been there. Uh, Sam Lee is a an award winning athletic uh, trainer, and now this is a, a, 
a trainer is a multifaceted individual. So first of all, we want to welcome him to the program and thank you uh, for your time today, Sam. How are you doing? Good, thank you. You know, it is, it's, is, let me just ask this as a silly question. Way back when you first got interested in your field, was, it, was there the emphasis or the knowledge that we have today about what's at the other end of it when people do get hurt and as often as they do? Wow, things have changed light years, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'm I'm fortunate, uh, very blessed to be able to be a part of athletic healthcare mm-hmm. in Hawaii, especially at the secondary schools, the high school level. Hawaii still right now is was the first and still the only state in the union to have uh, full time athletic trainers at every public high school. Yeah, how important. State. And and let's make yeah. sure that people understand the difference between an athletic trainer and sure. say a trainer that you get when you go on a 24-hour fitness to get to get a trainer to help you work out. Right. So the term trainer, that's why we uh, usually ask folks to use the term athletic trainer. We are healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. We are recognized as allied healthcare professionals by the American Medical Association. So personal trainers uh, may work in uh, say a 24-hour fitness and yeah. they can be called trainers, personal trainers, fitness trainers. You may have trainers that work with dogs or cats or animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, and so um, it's been a, uh, a continuing education, continuing challenge to help educate people about the fact that we are healthcare professionals licensed. Uh, you need to. Yeah, I was going to say, this is not, you know, you, you know, your, your degree in yeah. sports management, that may be, they, they thought that you were going to become a guy that signed up athletes and got a commission for, you know, for, uh, for, for your trouble. There is, it's, it's a huge field. And I would imagine that some of the con- concerns that were, that are coming out now through Gary and, and others are, are maybe rethinking the way that a sports uh, you know, trainer is going to work with with a person. It's not just about output. It's about a big picture. Yeah. So athletic trainers have um, connections in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. They're connected to their athletic programs or their places of work and helping uh, people in those specialties, whether it be coaching, uh, whether it's just a parent that's involved, a student athlete, and then also working very much so with the medical side, the doctor, yeah. uh or the physical therapists who maybe do just the rehabilitation, or maybe when they get hurt, an emergency medical technician or a paramedic comes, and what happened? Mm-hmm. And if there's an athletic trainer there, they can already say, oh, well, this person suffered a head injury, they suffered it with this mechanism, and this is what we've been doing so far to manage it. And it could be a head injury, it could be a heat injury, mm-hmm. it could be a spine injury, it could be maybe a simple ankle or leg, we can say this needs to be referred to a doctor, this needs to be referred to a hospital right away, or we can take care of that. You know, yes. and, and Gary Gallagher, I, I, my question on that was this, it's, as, as Sam was just saying, that we now have at the high school level in Hawaii, um, uh, one of these individuals at every school, is it like in some respect down the road going to be like a conscience on the sideline? Do you expect that with all of the technology and the information that we can get now that we can almost anticipate when it's time to get a kid out before it gets worse? You know, what's is this a good thing? Oh, it's a wonderful thing. And I see it as a process. And I see it's not just a conscience on the sideline. It's science on the sideline. Mm, good point. That's yeah, what yeah. we want for our kids. Mm. We want the best, most fun, exciting adventures we can have for them in sports and otherwise, but we don't want to do it in the blind. We want to really understand, and it can still be tons of fun. It can still make the kids as athletic as, as possible and just as competitive as possible, but do it in the way that we don't sacrifice, jeopardize, and injure the most valuable organ we have. 
yeah, brain. Just sitting right there on the top of the whole program, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. In Hawaii, we make fine. You know, the coconut. Just a hat. There is no substitute for a coconut. Yeah, okay? there you go. And, and so I, I'm guessing, Sam, that when other uh, athletic trainers are getting together and looking at this, that they have to sort of realign maybe what even got them into the profession. Maybe they were looking to keep a kid in the game as long as possible in the beginning. And now it's get them out as fast as possible so injuries don't get worse. Is there a paradigm shift going on here? There is. There will always be that tension. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I tell parents and kids who say, I want to get back into the game right now. Sure. I said, and why are you, as the athletic trainer, keeping me out? Why are you holding me up, well, Sam? Get me one, back in there. Number one, for your health reasons, but mm-hmm. number two, I don't get paid anymore to keep you out. And if mm-hmm. I keep you out, you're just probably bothering me in the athletic training room more than you should. <laughs> yeah. But I will try to get yeah. you out there healthy. Yeah. Uh, I want to know, too, though, because in a previous program, Gary and I talked about uh, the, the mindset of a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when it's all about winning and, and really knocking your competition out so that you can score more points, that, that we're trying to put, as Gary is very protective as am I, of the ability for a spectator to enjoy a sport. What are mm-hmm. we now going to look for instead of the big bone-crushing hits? You know, so how important is it for the athletic trainers to get with the coaches and and make the coach really understand what a kid's going through i've been very fortunate in the years that i've had uh i used to work at castle high school for 13 years a shout out to my high school coach there nelson maeta he always said sam i work with the football Mm -hmm. i want you to take care of the health care of the kids if you say that the kids should not be in there that I'm fine. Yeah. Just let me know what happens and how we rehabilitate and go from there. So I was very blessed and fortunate in that sense. But a lot of times it's just about the communication and the trust factor and the respect factor. I don't necessarily go telling coach, hey, you should have ran that play. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. This, right? That's your expertise. Sure. Um, and then, you know, for him to give me the, the trust and the respect of Sam, I, you know, take care of this mm-hmm. kid healthy-wise, make sure that they're all in good health before we sure. come back. That's uh, that's the best working relationship and communications that any athletic trainer wants to have with any coach. Yeah, and Gary, I'm guessing that with these changes and observations, obviously the end product is we put our kids through the system starting as soon as possible with a little less vulnerability to, 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 to hurt. Still, People are still going to get hurt. People are always going to get hurt. And, and I want to know what's in between this little kid that's playing this first or second soccer game and a parent that's sitting in your office saying, what can we do to help you know, my boy? He suffered irreparable damage, or my girl in this case. I see it as part and parcel. It's a big, complex decision-making process that we're taking a front row seat in here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That parents, coaches, doctors all have the best available information we have. I think it's going to be a continuum. We'll have uh, top drawer athletic trainers like Sam uh, teaching his people, and he's going to make the best decisions. And the best coaches will take this information and find out creative strategies and ways to move it ahead to where that kid's not sidelined in the future. Mm -hmm. They're going to protect him. They'll do everything they can, and gradually the dinosaurs will figure out they can't do this anymore with their kids.
There's more important things than just winning if you have to do it with the head. Yeah. Now, that those days are over. We just need to get that word out. There. Yeah, it's going to be just fine. Yeah, and I think that's what would be really interesting in, in further, uh, Sam, while you're here to get advantage of your expertise, is that I would imagine that you, you folks are sometimes shocked to find out how much is already wrong with some of these athletes, even at a young age, and, and how to stem the tide and how to either maybe get them off to do something else. Because let me ask you this, uh, as a as a grandparent, is, is my grandson likely to uh, have a life threatening injury if he plays four years of high school football boy that's a pretty loaded question for me yeah, yeah. yeah. um you know there is great beauty and grace and power in the sport of football and i admit i love to watch it yeah but it is hard to see uh young people um it maybe if they've had a history of playing younger leagues pop mm. warner type leagues and i'm not trying to bash on pop warner if they have some good coaches and good people on staff sure. watching stuff but if it's not supervised well not um, then you will have that higher risk of injury and then you know so the the debate goes back and forth as to whether they should play or not yeah. at that young age um at the public schools where i worked at before i started seeing them at 13 14 in ninth grade now i I work at Hawaii Baptist Academy mm -hmm. and start seeing them at maybe 12 years of age. Yeah. And some have had some injuries, some have not. Um, our football team plays with Pac-5, uh, so maybe I might see more in the ways of wrestling, judo, soccer injuries. Uh, well, that's another thing. Right? I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I don't want to make for any, and I know Gary pointed this out very early in the piece when we first started going down this road uh, of, of these concussions. It's not about football. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, girls, uh, uh, you know, uh, judo teams, and, and they, they have just as much susceptibility, if not more, to concussions. So it's not just about football. It's about just people and heads. Yeah, and the, the all sports, a little bit higher risk for contact sports, mm -hmm. and some of the data that uh, Age Camp, Hawaii Concussion Assessment Management Program, has put out is that uh, as they look at things, yes, the overall volume of injuries and maybe head injuries come from football, but if you look at it as a percentage of the participants, a lot of the girls sports, and especially girls judo, starts rising really high up into the ranks, and you have to ask yourself the question, why is that? Is there more that we can do in terms of mm -hmm. uh, education, uh, uh, better coaching techniques? And again, not trying to harp on uh, maybe the judo coaches not being good. I, my own son participated sure. in judo. Yeah. And you know, you have good coaches and then you have novice coaches. You have experienced uh, judoka, you have inexperienced uh, yeah. players participating. But you know, Gary Gallagher, when when the office is looking at representing somebody in this area, no matter what sport they played, obviously at some point in time there has to be a trickle down factor. So somebody figures out who's who are the participants, who participated in the blame of getting this person to to wherever they are. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking that maybe you know when you when you when you have the eighth camp and and these other conferences that that has got to be the the end game is all right. Let's really be able to self-determine where these things come from and, more importantly, what happens after they've been hurt a little bit. The, on the outside of it, we do have liability as the ultimate boundary. But mm. we're trying to, with the, the Gary O'Gallagher Foundation, trying to educate uh, our decision makers locally on how to avoid this in the mm. first instance. And I'm a science kind of guy. I love the work that Ross and Nathan, those guys, have done at H-Camp. And I wish the legislature would 
uh, take their research out another five years. They've done mm-hmm. cutting edge work here locally that sheds light, and just not on football, but yeah. like uh, <clears throat> Sam just said, women's judo. Are, and to me, if we had video of the moves, we had accelerometers in helmets that would be like water polo helmets, we would get more data. Sure. And we could figure out what is it that, why are the Wahinis more susceptible in volleyball, basketball, judo than men? Uh, why is it that we can figure that out? That's yeah. what we want to do so we can make it safer. We're not going to just say, oh, we can't do that. You've got to go do sewing. No, I don't think so. Yeah, we want to bring the best yeah. research and data we can. And we've got the makings right here in Hawaii. We can be cutting-edge leaders nationally. Well, we've talked about that a little bit. And maybe for a listener to understand, because usually it's the tail wagging the dog or the, the dog wagging the tail. Here in Hawaii, I guess because we play sports and uh, all year round, and that we have all the ethnicities, all the sizes of kids, all the different nationalities. We've got this great pool of, of people to study. And isn't it sort of neat? Because I know you're already hearing this on the mainland. Some of the stuff that's being done here to look into this area is being used already by other places. I mean, it is cutting edge stuff. You mentioned communication. There are ways that every coach wants to be able to talk to every kid on the field on how to adjust their play or do better by, by communicating with their helmet or with something. What about what you're talking about and, and explain the, the information that will be able to go to the sideline in the future if the helmet is instead of is really fixed, so it's sending the signal instead of just protecting the head? If I were the bazillionaire people think I am, I would solve the problem yeah. because data can be generated and instantly transmitted to the sideline and analyzed. The NFL could do that, but they don't want to. Yeah. So we're dealing against mm. that. So, but I'm trying to do what's realistic, what we can really do here locally, and we can make a huge difference. We don't have to have this smart helmet, if you will, with an accelerometer in every helmet. We just need to have it in certain ones for every team team member so we can identify them, the position, the type of move that really moves the Richter scale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people will be astounded. 60 Gs, 80 Gs, 100 Gs, that's the hits where you can lose consciousness that's generally reported. But a garden variety hit, just playing football, is 25 Gs. I don't think I want my kid kicked around at 25 Gs in the head. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to get the helmets out of play. We had a, a fabulous researcher come speak the second day, Professor Schwartz, that's doing work on this, and he shared his research. So the research is available. We're on the front lines of it, and I just want to keep the ball yeah. going. Yeah, I, you know, I think, and I really want to pick uh, the, the brain of Sam Lee, uh, the, our athletic trainer today, because as, as, as a part of seeing this, let, let's make sure that people understand that your profession is exactly that, that you bring to the sideline of any contest this power of, of observation, right? Uh, does it get frustrating sometimes that you already know that somebody probably shouldn't be in there and they still are? And it, what I'm trying to get to say is at what point in time do you become the authority on the sideline where a coach has to listen and has to take a kid out of a contest because they're at risk? I'd like to think that we're there already, mm-hmm. at least in Hawaii, because we've had 20 years of uh, – athletic trainers in the public schools as full-time athletic trainers and uh, uh, they know and mm-hmm. we've been talking to the athletic directors the principals and this is about the health and safety it's not about the winning or losing so when we have to pull a kid out 
I'm not trying to sabotage your winning the game. Yeah, yeah that's I'm a really important point. The, yeah, you know, so, but but yeah. is, isn't it gratifying? Like I was saying earlier, with the ethnicities mm-hmm. and the and the 24-hour, 365-day, we can enjoy being outdoors or being in sports. That that what we can provide is going to be really valuable to a lot of places besides Hawaii. I'd like to think so. And yeah. when they do research, they always like seeing it at almost a statewide level. Mm-hmm. And Hawaii has that capability of doing that. Hawaii is primed and, and, and resourced already with, with full-time athletic trainers to do not only provide the health care, but provide some of the information, the data for um, making decisions on a statewide level. And when it's shared at regional and national levels, people look and say, wow, you guys are doing some cool things there in mm-hmm. Hawaii for health care. In you know, athletics. you mentioned you mentioned the the state and, and the and the neighbor islands. Gary and I talked about this on a previous show, and that was the 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 carrot that's dangled in front of these kids when they're playing a, a sport on a neighbor island. And I'm going to go back to football again because okay. it's an obvious way that we've seen some of these kids from neighbor islands go on to play college football on scholarship. Uh, we've we've seen more percentage higher percentage of our kids going into professional sports and into the NFL. Uh, don't we have to? make a whole different mindset on the value that we put on this stuff and, and, and maybe keeping from our coach or our trainer that we're hurt? Oh, definitely. That's a, that's a huge cultural shift because mm-hmm. you're asking people, well, first of all, trying to figure out the value of uh, whether there really truly is a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get an academic scholarship than it is to get an athletic Amazing, scholarship, huh? right? But everybody chases the rainbow sure. dream possibly of athletics. Um, and then in terms of the, the cultural shift of, well, you want to learn some good values of working hard uh, and, and, and sucking up the pain mm. while dealing also with, well, when is it time to not suck it up? And, and because it's a very real, very dangerous uh, health care concern and you need to sit on the side. And mm. I'm not doing this as a power trip as an athletic trainer. I'm doing it for your safety, for your health whether you know parents or coaches or even the student athlete themselves uh, are thankful or mindful or grateful of that. You know, Gary, it sounds to me like we should be cloning a bunch of Sam Lees <laughs> and getting them out there because I think the ultimate, the, the, the end of the road for this, wouldn't it be that there are consequences if you, if, if you don't follow the rules and the rules are based on keeping everybody healthy? I mean, is it as simple as that? Can, can we accomplish this? Oh, I think we can accomplish it. We definitely can. I just don't want people to oversimplify it. It's this or it's that. Mm-hmm. It's a complex decision-making process from every family deciding with their child whether they're going to play the sport or not. Every coach. But, you know, it goes all the way back. Sam exemplifies the high-level professional uh, athletic trainer that we're so lucky to have and protecting or looking out for the kids uh, at HPA. But it goes back to, you know, 20 years or more ago, Neil Takamori, who was a visionary athletic uh, AD at McKinley. We've had so many talented people in Hawaii come through McKinley. And he had the vision to say, we need this. and We need athletic trainers at every high school, especially for the high-risk sports like football. And, and the programs that have big programs, they need more than one. Mm-hmm. So we have so many resources that are that have developed internally here in Hawaii that we should be so proud of. And Sam is, you know, cutting edge on that today. And I'm trying to give them the best information I can come up with, uh, incidental to my other litigation work. Sure. But I am 
very positive for the future because we're just going to have to change where the outside uh, guardrails are. Bring them in a little bit, yeah, and exactly. we're going to get the helmet out of play mm. more often than not. It's, you know, it's culturally looked forward to. It's, you know, the Darth Vader, boom, Monday night football. Yeah. Well, that's what the NFL sold us a bill of goods. Well, the I'm helmet companies have sold us a bill of goods. Yeah, you see those helmets coming together with the big uh, uh, character-generated explosion effects and the big boom, are you ready for some football? My goodness. But here, here's the thing that I think that Sam said something really important. And my grand slam for, for today's program would be to let a parent know, look, your boy or your girl has a better chance of getting an academic scholarship and a degree and, and a piece of paper saying that they can do something and, and be relatively injury-free, you know? So, I mean, wouldn't you have to say to a kid, look, yeah, work on this, but work on this too. In other words, you know, we're not trying to raise just athletes, particularly on the neighbor islands. No, I agree. I, I know the point that you're making, but by the same token, not every family's cut out for that. Not every player is cut out to be... I don't want to mm. prohibit them from playing the game, but I want their parents to say, but wait a second, are we playing this as safe as we can, Coach? Could we have mm. rules? Maybe we don't practice with helmets four or five days a week, and we're going to cut half the concussions out, and that's just an index yeah. to the CTE. And because no parent wants their son or, or daughter to be drooling at age 40, acting yeah. like they're 70, because they were playing some blood sport yeah, and, in and, high school. And, I mean, it's, it's so totally, uh, you know, uh, obvious. We see these out there all the time. I think that I want to go back, though, because I think because having, uh, you know, Sam Lee here is important, because I think that there's probably a lot of people that don't understand really what your job is. In other words, there's degrees, and, there's, and you have to do a tremendous amount of work to be able to get certified in your profession. I think that almost everybody's uh, opinion would have been before. The athletic trainer is supposed to get this guy at the maximum of his performance ability and to do and to play the game. And there's so many more prongs to what you do, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that is definitely a part of what we're trying to mm -hmm. do. We, we celebrate being able to get uh, an athlete back as quickly as possible doing what they love mm -hmm. in their sports. Uh, we want to do it in terms of their best health and best interests in that side. In terms of the totality of what we do, if you have us there on the sidelines or on the baseline on the s side of the court and mm -hmm. we see something go down... We race in there. We're trying to help out. We take care of them, uh, treatment and care, evaluation. We even try and do prevention. You know, football players line up. We want to before practice come into the athletic training room, weigh yourselves, mm -hmm. mark it down on the on the on our weight chart. We want to do that after practice too. We want to see how much weight you're losing, not for weight's sake, but a lot of that's going to be hydration. Yeah, I do stuff. replenish and all that. And then after they hurt themselves, let's say they blow out their knee with an ACL injury. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do to help work with you, the doctors, your own physical therapists in our settings to try to help you get back as quick as you can? Has the H-Camp stuff provided a, a an outline of, of what to be observant about? I, I'm already guessing yeah. that your power of observation, based on your skill set and the length of time you've been doing this, you're probably, you can see a lot of things you know, without help. What about help? What sort of diagnostics are going to be available on the side of a field for a trainer and a coach to know what's going on? So what's been really exciting and challenging all at the same time is, is how do you manage a concussion? Uh, it's changed from 10 years ago. It's changed from five years ago. Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier today at lunch. It's changed from even three years ago in the sense of um, 
here in Hawaii, because of this HCAMP, Hawaii Concussion Assessment Management Program, um, things got more standardized. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to necessarily make it all cookie cutter. We want to have opportunities and abilities to look at something and say, maybe this needs a slightly different management plan. But because it's standardized, the protocols are very standardized, we can say this is how we're going to move you through uh, um, the, in managing a program. And it could be from a public school in Hawaii Kai all the way to Waianae mm -hmm. to neighbor island. Um, and, and that's been really helpful. And, and it brings people back to saying, okay, this is how we're gonna do it all across the board. And so that's been really helpful. We've also found out that where 45 years ago, it was complete rest until all your symptoms are clear. Mm -hmm. Now we find that you know, there may be situations and times where we want to slowly get them back, maybe riding a bike, just to get them some cardio, just some mm -hmm. activity, so that they're not just stressing about, about doing nothing. I mean, imagine not doing anything for a whole weekend or a week or two weeks or six weeks. You're going to go yeah. more crazy from doing well, nothing. Video games and, can only keep you happy yeah. for so long, right? And, well, yeah. we keep them off yeah. of the video yeah. games. Yeah. That's yeah. driving some kids really crazy. Yeah. But then to, to manage it from there has been really exciting and challenging all at the same time. Gary, it seems like the building blocks are there for what your what your plan is to, to have something formulated so that there's, I, I don't know, a manual, a handbook, a, a primer or something that all of these kids, parents, and and and, and coaches and trainers get because everybody's got a different interest, right? I mean, you know, my, my dad might want me to do well because he's concerned about me not getting a proper education. He doesn't have the money, so he's going to get me a scholarship. No, no. It's, what Stan points out is so important. It's almost Zen. From the standpoint, it's just the nature of science. We learn more as we go along. We get more information. And just like Sam's profession, to some degree, there's science on one side, uh, or the medical profession, mm -hmm. it's, it's an art. Mm -hmm. In that these doctors, I was there and talking about different scenes and situations that they figured out, rather than just leave the kid home to vegetate for weeks until yeah. he gets better, reports no symptoms, they put him on a bike. And then the bike makes them lose the symptoms faster. Mm -hmm. So it's ongoing all the time. So I want the parents, the coaches, uh, the trainers all to be involved in this conversation and sharing this information. Oh, we're going to fix this. It's, it's, I'm, I'm also it, we're hoping, getting there. It's, it's just a complex project. I'm also hoping, uh, Sam, that maybe some of this reflects in a kid that maybe normally wouldn't have said something, hmm. uh, you know, because they want to stay in there and say, hey, you know, coach, or hey, Sam, I, I, I'm kind of a little bit dizzy, you know. Uh, if, if they're if they know that they're going to be facilitated back into the game as, as quickly as it's safe, do you think that we can that the kids will start getting it and they'll they'll develop a desire to be honest about what's going on with them or or just or at least admit it? I'd like to think so, but that comes with the trust that they may have in you as a as a healthcare professional mm -hmm. in us as a healthcare professional. And if they know that we have their best interests in heart, then I think that maybe they'll be honest. And, but even if they're not. You know, they have all these things called teammates. Mm, yeah, good, kinda, good point. They yeah. kind of rat yeah, them out yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And that's a good thing because then that shows that, you know, their teammates care about them. And when they start g getting upset at their teammates or why did you rat me out to the athletic trainer, then I will go ahead and say, hey, yeah. that your teammate cares about you. You should be thankful for them. That No, I just want to echo that. Mm -hmm. That was brought out repeatedly by the researchers that mm -hmm. the data coming out from the teammates and their friends are is really powerful and a lot more reliable and it's a lot better received i think 
by the player himself mm-hmm. if it's coming. You know, you're wobbly. Don't pretend you're not. You know, we're watching yeah. you because it's it's an education that we just got to keep yeah. at it and keep at it. We're, we're going to move it in the right direction. Yeah, you know, I was going to say as an interviewer, I'm I'm getting it that it looks to me like all the ingredients are there. It's just a matter of assembling a, 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 a game plan that can be agreed on and signed off on, on as far as, all right, this is what a coach has got to do. This is what a kid's got to do. But at case in point, Gary, we talked about this off the air just before the show. Uh, everybody is fiercely proud of, say, the, the University of Hawaii's teams. And we want them to win. And we base, we base everything on winning. So we still have to do a shift in our mindset. I mean, the athletic department... Their income and their outgo base is on winning and performance and rights and getting stuff. Uh, you know, that's another complex area. i got to get my sidekick, Vince Gu, up here one day. He's retired, a very, very successful Wahine basketball coach. Mm-hmm. He made clear to his players that their education and them becoming yeah. a full person was the most important thing. And he had very successful as a coach. But he made that number one. I wish yeah. UH would have a paradigm shift and make that our goal. We're in the middle of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Let's, we would get a different quality of player, family, everything involved if we make that number one. If we think we're going to compete with uh, Louisiana and all these big TV bazillionaires, we're never going to happen. Yeah. We need to focus on our students and what's best for them. We can have our own honest uh, uh, athletics that are as, as good as anybody. I look at our volleyball you know, I mean, I mean, and Vince Goose basketball. I mean, I just go on and on and on. We need to think that through. If if we think, you know, it's kind of like you have a, a business, like we talked about mm-hmm. the UH selling their shirts, okay? I mean, yeah, you, you yeah, how long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are in the middle of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Until we get city bus for free back and forth to the mainland, it's mm-hmm. not going to be even competition. Yeah, if the shirts were maybe a little bit better looking and we buy them as a fashion statement, we'd be better off. Oh, don't even talk about shirts, this thing you're wearing today. Thank you. Thank you. He'd be teasing me on television. Like the color of my shirt, for heaven's sake. Uh, but but I, I still think that where, where, I'm, where my primary interest has got to be is, and I think that maybe, uh, Sam, as when people look at opportunities, okay, they look at being, I mean, you're, you're – Actually, a healthcare professional on the sideline. That's that's what you do. So, is is isn't the takeaway still having to be able to not just shift the uh, the the way we train or or prepare a, a, a an athlete for a contest, but what maybe what a spectator is looking for, what part of they they're going to enjoy? I want to enjoy a catch from now on instead of a hit. I know as a football guy, it's going to be hard for me, but I want to try. How do we how are we going to teach the spectators to be part of this? Well, I think that's a question that's above my pay grade <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> oh, know? shucks. I was hoping you'd have the answer. I'll tell you how. We're going to keep this radio program going. We're yeah. going to keep talking about it until uh, any forum we have, until mm-hmm. Mr. Gallagher is out there at all the parks standing on a soapbox yeah. that he's lost it, and I'm still talking about it, until we get it moving in the right direction. How are we? I cannot tell you the people that have approached me say, Gary, we really love what you're doing yeah. with this concussion thing. Yeah, Keep I it up with your thing. That's how they yeah. refer to it. Yeah, There's I, more to that. It, it, but really I've is. had no. some very influential people approach me as recently as lunch today. Mm-hmm. Say, Gary, keep this up. What yeah. you're doing is great for our kids. 
I, I can tell you, you know, and what, what Gary uh, and I have talked about on previous programs, Sam, is uh, we talk about John Wilbur. Uh, John mm-hmm. Wilbur was a personal friend of mine for many, many years, and he was Mr. I'm going to really do all kinds of stuff athletically. Not only was he an accomplished player at college and in the pros, but he, and in rugby and then in management and teaching other kids. Uh for a guy that was so contributory, Gary, to go out the way John Wilbur went out, that's that that was really shame. That that shame on all of us for for allowing these. Things I happen. I met with a coach from one of the private schools. It was a very close friend of John Wilbur's, and John Wilbur got him a tryout with the Redskins. It didn't work out, but still, he's fabulous coach, great guy, and he had to button John Wilbur's shirts for him mm-hmm. the last few days. Tragic, tragic, tragic. What's, what happened to his brain? Well, yeah. we didn't know that back when. The NFL had a pretty damn good idea, and they chose to do nothing yeah. about it See, for that's the thing I'm three decades. About. Yeah, and shame on them. Shame on them is right. Uh, and, and yet, by the same token, we have this. It's like the, 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 trip, the trip to Mecca. We got all these people walking up this yellow brick road trying to get to that place. I, I don't think that's going to change. You know, uh, I, I, would, I would hope... And we've talked about this before in your litigation side of your, not together, not the GOG foundation, but the GOG, I'm going to come and get you guys if you've done the wrong thing by my, by my client, is that there still has to be that worry. Somebody has got to instill in, in at, even at the baseline levels of coaching and playing, that there are consequences if you ignore the health of your athletes. Oh, I got it. I have got a career built around that, and I know yeah. what I'm doing. And I'm trying to be in Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I love everything about Hawaii, all of our institutions, and I want it to happen for the right reasons. On the other hand, if you give me a dinosaur that refuses, and we won't name names, but some WWF presidential candidate named Trump, (laughs) boom, what happened to our game? We're going soft. If I had him as a coach, I would tune him up. I would tune him up. So good thing he's running for president, not coach. (laughs) You know, but who listens to a, a president? So, I mean, it's like a coach without a team. Well, WWF, they don't care what they say. They're just the words come out. Huh? You, you know, but but I also think that, Sam, there there must be, you know, as an athletic trainer, when, when a parent realizes that you've done the right thing for his kid. In other words, that part about, all right, yeah, wait a minute, Sam, you're holding my boy back. He's okay. Give him a smelling salt. I When Gary and I played football, well, I was the, the last year of the leather helmets. It was a long time ago. But that's what you got. If you got a little dizzy, somebody says, here, sniff one of these. Get back in there, kid. You're going to be all right. And that was the mentality. But you were better off with that leather, hel- leather helmet than the big one <laughs> that think right, you thought you were safe. You know, <laughs> otherwise. One, you... one thing around the teeth guard, that was it. That's you know? it. Yeah. And that's why you have one tooth. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I don't have any teeth. They're all implants. Anyhow, but the thing is, seriously, mm-hmm. you would hit not as hard with that leather one than you had if you had this big thing sure, that sure. everybody, including your family, thinks is going to protect your health. Your, Head and it makes it worse. It makes it good for Monday night football, but yeah. boom, in their you business. Know, not not only do you see that on the Monday night football, the graphics, but how often do you see uh, a, a, a kid? And and I guess you know this would be a good one for you, Sam. Is when they're when they're out banging each other's shoulder pads in the beginning and headbutting each other to test their helmets. I mean, we got to stop doing that, right? The, Doesn't that have a there, there are better ways to celebrate yeah, 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 uh, yeah. than than banging helmets. Yeah, yeah. I would have to think. And you know. Uh, what you mentioned about the parents being thankful and grateful, I, I am thankful that yeah. over the years that uh, 
a slow culture mm-hmm. shift has happened in terms of people, uh, parents, students, administrators, coaches appreciating uh, what we're trying to do on the sidelines as healthcare yeah. professionals. Sure. We want the kids to win. We want them to have the best experience possible. Um, and now the parents are slowly seeing that. I, I've been, you know, yelled at from a parent on the sidelines. It's a power thing, isn't it, Sam? Yeah. You yeah. want to have the control over this, like. I don't, do you think I want to have you yelling at me right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to have you. And if I, I did, I should just league baseball. Yeah, I would just cave in. But because coaches. I care about yeah, your yeah, kid, yeah, I yeah. care about your kid mm-hmm. and their health. Um, that's why I'm doing this. You know, I, I am probably, you know, Gary and I come from the same sort of mindset. And once you see something, you want to just, okay, how do we fast track this? And I know, Gary, I'm looking at you, and there, it seems like what's been done so far, and hopefully what will be the pebble in the pond and getting bigger and bigger, that there will be a way to fast track this. My question still goes back to who's going to put together the nomenclature, the manual, and the procedure man, the, 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 the manifest? You know, let's talk to uh, uh, Sam and his group. Let's talk to H Camp and, and their people. That's beyond my pay grade. I'm bringing this information. And, you know, I'll, I'll help at the right time and place. We're evaluating a number of cases uh, where there might be a helmet uh, that I'm interested in that didn't protect someone. On the other hand, other than bringing the information, be part of the discussion, uh, all that needs yeah. to be done. And it needs to be updated. In my view, at the end of the day, I want every school in the state of Hawaii uh, led by responsible principals, responsible uh, headmasters uh, to have the best practices available nationally. Mm-hmm. And we employ them here in cutting-edge Hawaii. Move it forward. Everybody's yeah. going to have to follow the same competitive model if, for instance, no helmets were available for practice, just hypothetically. And that happened in Hawaii, and our concussions plummeted. We didn't have concussions. You know, we had 20 or 30% of what we had before. Why wouldn't that be followed now? Yeah, well, exactly. That's hey, the, the direction we want. We want to educate and move in the right direction for all the right reasons. Okay, now there's there's another thing that really accelerates this, and that is the gathering of information and input. And I want to make sure that one of the things that you learn from doing from listening to our show is that you go to GallagherLaw.com. You go to GallagherLaw.com and find out some of the things that are going on there, and more importantly, how to contact the different uh, departments in the firm, because there are a whole lot of people out there, Gary, that have information, whether it be anecdotal or, or actual, uh, that can that can come to the party and say, my child this, my nephew that, uh, my son this uh, has suffered, and and I want to know if there's something that could be done, number one, or number two, uh, really to just help the the flow of information, because from what I understand, you guys are learning stuff every day about this whole thing. No, it's true. Uh, Clara Kabashigawa is here with us, and she's taking calls. People are calling in with information or potential claims, and we evaluate those. whether anything comes of that, it's never going to cost anybody anything for that evaluation. But again, once they know they're part of this process going forward, and we're not going to leave anybody behind if there's any kind of claim to be made. Yeah, you know, Sam Lee, if, if we can just look at it from the standpoint of, all right, you know, when you talk about being an athletic trainer and preparing somebody for a contest or for doing their thing, you also have to rehab. And, and get people back into the game. Let's talk about how there's going to be a, a set path. I already know that you're working on some things. It's mandatory. You have an evaluation. What are some of the things that parents can sort of grasp on now to as some of the things that are being done 
already to help their kids. So for many schools, through that uh, Camp program, there is something called the impact uh, test. And impact is just one brand name. There's many neurocognitive tests. But before that came along, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking for symptoms. Uh, do you look dizzy? Or mm-hmm. Do you look, uh, do you have a headache? With asking that question, you could lie to me, but yeah, I, yeah. You know. but you can see, I mean, right. come on, you can so, get a kidder, but you. So there are a couple yeah. of different things, but then when we put you in front of a computer yeah. and make you take uh, a test, yes. that's yeah, what yeah. the neurocognitive mm. test is. Mm. And now part of that uh, overall concussion management program that we've been talking about that's been funded for five years and we'd like to get more funding for it, um, that has helped pay for that neurocognitive testing. And that test, we baseline test them, meaning before mm. they even get hurt, before they even play, we're trying to, at least with some of our bigger contact sports. Yeah, find out where kid, they are to begin with, right? Where are yeah, you right yeah, now? Yeah, great idea. And then yeah, yeah. when you suffer what we think might be a head injury, you take that again, and we compare the scores. Now, that is not the be-all, end-all. Mm-hmm. We're still checking to see if you have symptoms. We're checking all these other things. But that is one uh, really helpful tool to help determine whether we should let you back and at what rate and what pace that we should let what, you back. What is this Safe Schools Initiative? Okay, so that's a program that was put out by um, our national organization mm-hmm. saying, okay, not everybody, in fact, when we talk about uh, athletic trainers in the high schools here in Hawaii, on the mainland, only about 30 to 40 percent, 30, yeah, uh, have athletic trainers in the high school. Mm-hmm. So wow. in the high school, in. So it's a coach, right? It could be a coach. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, really. what does the coach yeah, know yeah, about yeah, healthcare? Yeah. Maybe first aid class they took for mm-hmm. a weekend or for four mm-hmm. hours. Uh, is that really enough to qualify them to handle it when the kid's got a spine injury, a head injury, even an ankle injury? What qualifies them? So the Safe Sports School Award was put out by the National Athletic Trainers Award. It's a checklist of different things of, do you have a person that is specifically dedicated towards healthcare? Do you have a facility, a room? Mm-hmm. Do you have protocols for how to deal with a concussion, with um, injury management of a spine? Uh, different. Do you have an AED? in your facility, different things like that. And it's a whole checklist of things that um, we at Hawaii Baptist Academy went ahead and applied for. We filled out everything. Uh, Props go out to Dr. Rachel Cole of Queens Medical Center, who is our team advising doctor, Mm -hmm. who also helped get us some of this information uh, to put together. We submitted it to the National Athletic Trainers Association. They said, we think that you're one of our best schools, and we we want to give you this Safe Sports School Award. Here in Hawaii, we now have two schools. One is Castle High School, mm-hmm. and the other is Hawaii Baptist Academy. There's an anonymous donor that has given us uh, $1,500 to help pay for any school that wants to apply for it now yeah. and, and go for it. That's wonderful. And, and Gary, I do know already that one of the things that I want to feel as a parent or a grandparent or as, or, or uncle or whatever is my child uh, or my, my, my boy or my girl is going to one of these safe schools. So you want to put to to participate. You want them to be in good shape, but you want to, have, want to know that somebody is looking down on them to keep them as safe as they can. Exactly. And, you know, we're lucky to have Sam. Uh, you know, he is the uh, president of the uh, HATA, and he's in that leadership uh, position. And we've had other trainers with us at, at, the, at the conference. We had Glenn Beachy there from Puno. And all of these high-level trainers are trying to help move mm-hmm. in the right direction. So I applaud all of these efforts. And there's so many efforts going on. At the same time, I can't possibly keep track of them. All I know is I'm going to the key people that I can find in the state that we can align ourselves with and we're allied with. And, you know, Sam Lee represents the best of those when it comes to the professional trainers. 
I'm sorry. How about, Athletic how, trainer. How about, Gary, if we hold the schools to a standard? In other words, if there is a dictate saying you will be a safe school, if you're going to have a sports program at your school, here's the, here, here's, the, uh, here's the guidelines. Here's what you must adhere to. I would like those schools and those administrators to have the discussion amongst themselves and move themselves in yeah. that direction. Well, you mentioned earlier legislation, and I think that there's the, a, it's a dual-prong thing. You know? The legislation that I, I'm talking about is more funding for the HCAM yeah. and the baseline testing. That's sure. what we need yeah. going yeah. forward. Hawaii's a leader in this area, and that gives a scientific imprimatur to it that helps everyone, and no one can just say you're making this up. Yeah. We have data to back it up, and that's why Hawaii and UH and uh, the HCAMP researchers are doing such a wonderful service. And our uh, legislature uh, looking to um, the University of Hawaii, along with the Department of Health, traumatic brain injury. And keep in mind, it's just not for sports injuries that this money is going forward to. It's being funded uh, for a traumatic brain injury, and it's a broad definition, mm-hmm. meaning that would include strokes. Sure. So, I mean, you know, you're not as young as you used to be, pal. No, and, you know, people people, me, yeah. people in this zip code yeah. are having more yeah. strokes, yeah. and this is a research that's going to help us all, and we have that here, and UH is, yeah. is doing wonderful, wonderful research. You know, that being said, Sam, I'm guessing what I'd, what I'd like to sort of end up winding down as we start to run out of time in this episode of our Gallagher Law Show is that someday there's going to be a conference. If you're going to be in our conference, you will adhere to th- these are the rules. For your kids uh, to compete with our kids, uh, you know, everybody's got to be on the same page. It's going to be somewhat mandated that everybody needs to adhere to these things because it's the right thing to do. And we're getting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts small. I mean, just to make sure that uh, you have a physical exam mm-hmm. every year before yeah. you, you participate. If you're going to participate in some of these contact sports, you will take this baseline test. Um, and, and to move forward from there, uh, to set some guidelines as to as you participate in the sport, you will acclimatize to your, yourself to mm-hmm. the heat and the cl- the climate uh, based on these guidelines and these rules. Not just to be regulatory for regulatory sake, but for yeah. the best, best health practices. Yeah, and I, and I think that's good. And once again, I want to put the plug out to, to you understand, to get in touch with the Gallagher Law Office. Go to the website. Go to GallagherLaw.com and just check it out because there's going to be, I guess, Gary, uh, th- this is something that you've been you know, anticipating getting some forward motion on for quite a while, but it looks to me like just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole infrastructure underneath what we've been talking about today that is going to benefit from everybody's understanding the the risks involved in in not taking care of each other oh exactly it's just you know i'm a trial lawyer and we want you know we get verdicts when we go to trial but i want the right verdict for the right reasons and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get all the right reasons in front of all the decision makers and us in hawaii we love our kids we love our athletes and we want the best for them and i think we're leading the way just by nature of the, how we're having a discussion, the, these researchers from the mainland are dumbfounded by our sense of community and our one unified school district and so many things we have going in our way that they give anything for us. So we're very, very lucky to be in Hawaii. Well, in addition to, to Gary, Sam, I, I want to thank you on behalf of everybody that listens and either goes to the website and gets a, a future play of this or has heard the program uh, today, uh, that there's a lot going on out there. So their kids should 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 really want to play a sport, but they also should understand that what the risks are and how to prepare for the sport. 
Yes, yeah. definitely. Thank you for your time here. Always a pleasure uh, to get, to be doing this, Gary. And once again, another great uh, uh, a great show. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. And everybody, thanks for listening. And if you'd like to know more about what Gary Gallagher's law office is up to, it's pretty easy. Go to GallagherLaw.com. That's G-A-L-I-H-E-R Law.com. I'm Mike Buck. For everybody at Gary's uh, company, thanks for listening. See you next time. Well, that's our program for today, and we certainly hope you'll come back next week for our next episode. In the meanwhile, to learn more about Team Gallagher, log on to GallagherLaw.com. That's G-A-L-I-H-E-R-Law.com.